Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In this video, I'm going to be going through my week 13 rankings at the tight end position. So the top 20 tight ends. While you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button. And if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. And let's just get right into it. Starting off here at number 20, I have Tyler Conklin. You know, earlier in the year, he had kind of established himself as a borderline startable tight end. The last two weeks, he just hasn't been as involved. So he's going to fall in more as like a mid-tier tight end two. Then at 19, we've got Hunter Henry. Went on a crazy hot streak in terms of getting into the end zone, but the volume was never really there. That's why I was recommending him as a sell high candidate a few weeks ago, because now without the touchdowns, he's just putting up like those one reception, 10 yard games, two for 20. And that is just not going to get it done in your fantasy lineups. At 18, I have Gerald Everett, and he is someone who is definitely trending up, put together, you know, three decent games in a row. The problem here is that he's probably the number three target on an offense that is definitely struggling, obviously behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So, you know, if he continues his production in the next few weeks, I could definitely see him kind of inching up towards potentially like a top 12 tight end. But right now he's going to be more of a mid-tier tight end too. We've got Tyler Higby here at 17. Man, I had some pretty high hopes for Tyler Higby earlier in the season. He is definitely trending down. Seems like he's being phased out of this offense. He's still getting the snaps and the routes. The balls are just really not coming his way. So unfortunate, but just someone I don't think you can trust moving forward. At 16, I have Logan Thomas. And this honestly kind of feels low for someone who I do think can be a top 12 tight end rest of season. But honestly, when we're looking at these guys from like tight end 11, basically here to tight end 16, I feel like you could have these players in a variety of different orders. They're all kind of in a similar tier, but I just want to see him have a solid game back before I bump him up. There are kind of a lot of weapons there that they have to feed on an offense that's probably not going to have a ton of yards. So I'm just kind of taking a wait and see approach with Logan Thomas. At 15, I have Noah Fant, and this also feels low. And it's kind of one of these situations where the talent of Noah Fant is not matching up with the fantasy production, and it's not his fault. I think he's probably, you know, a top 12 NFL tight end, if not, you know, right on the border there. But he does come in here at tight end 15, and it's just because you're looking at the weapons on the Broncos. You've got Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. You've got Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, who are both involved like 50-50 out of that backfield. And then you look at the quarterback and the overall passing volume, it's Teddy Bridgewater, and the passing volume is just not good. So he's definitely just being held back by his situation. At number 14, I have Foster Moreau. And honestly, having Foster Moreau here definitely makes the Noah Fant ranking even seem worse. But this week, it does look like Darren Waller is doubtful to play. And that does mean that Foster Moreau is going to be the tight end one. Now, typically when you have a starting like top tier tight end and they go down, you generally are gonna have no interest in the guy replacing him. But actually, Foster Moreau is someone who has a little bit of talent here, and we did see Darren Waller miss week seven. And in that game, Foster Moreau played on 100% of the snaps. So this was not a tight end by committee, you know, behind Darren Waller. Moreau just stepped right into that same role that Darren Waller had, and he was second on the team in targets. He was targeted six times, caught all six of them for 60 yards and a touchdown. So he's really not the worst option this week if you are someone who is desperate at the tight end position. After Moreau, I have Cole Komet here at 13, and he's going to be ranked here if Allen Robinson is out. 
So if Allen Robinson is healthy and playing, then I think you probably drop him behind Moreau, behind Fant, potentially behind Thomas. But the thing is, is that when Allen Robinson is out, this turns into a very concentrated target share between Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. And I do think he can kind of thrive in that system. Then we've got the top 12 here, the tight end ones for this week. And at 12, I have Dallas Goddard. Honestly, Goddard is someone who I think has been very overrated by people rest of season, you know, going back to even a few weeks ago. I think we all had this idea that once Zach Ertz is gone, Goddard was going to step up and be like this mid-tier tight end one, potentially someone who had the ability to finish, you know, more to the top end, maybe even top five at the tight end position, but we really just have not seen it. And this is kind of another situation similar to Noah Fant. It's not really his fault. There's just not a lot of passing volume here from Jalen Hurts. So he's going to have his games where he goes like, you know, six for 60 and a touchdown. But then he's also going to have his games like last week where you're getting targeted three times, maybe catching one pass just because the overall volume is not there. So he is a tight end one, but he's definitely more on the fringe. I have his former teammate coming in here at number 11. And Zach Ertz is definitely lower on the totem pole in terms of targets in that offense than a guy like Dallas Goddard. But with Kyler Murray back, the overall ceiling of the offense is going to be so much higher. So that's why he comes in here at number 11. They've shown, you know, every single week they want to get him involved. And so I really like him here as like a low-end tight end one play. At number 10, I have Mike Gusecki. He definitely hasn't had those ceiling games we kind of saw earlier in the season, but he's still someone who's consistently involved and is likely the number two overall target there behind Jalen Waddle. At number nine, I have Kyle Pitts. And this definitely may seem low for someone who, you know, early in the season was starting to ball out, had a ton of hype. And I remember, you know, after he had some of those huge games, people were propelling him so high in their rankings. Like they were putting him as high as tight end two ahead of guys like Darren Waller. You know, he was in that top tier tight end ranking. I never had him there. I think the highest I ever had him was maybe tight end four, but I don't even think I got that high. And he has totally fallen off as of late. And if we're being honest, it's definitely not entirely his fault. You know, he's not putting up the numbers, but he's also just in a rough situation with Ridley not playing. You know, he's out dealing with his mental health. It just puts a lot of pressure on Kyle Pitts. Defenses are able to lock in and he just has a lot of extra attention on him for honestly what he is, which is a rookie tight end. He doesn't have the support around him. You know, Cordero Patterson is really the only other guy in that offense that you truly are concerned with. And the last five weeks have not been pretty. He's averaging 6.6 PPR points per game in that stretch. So he's still going to be, you know, a top 10 guy because we know he's very talented and he can have those ceiling games where he goes like eight for 100 and a touchdown, but we haven't seen it as of late. So he definitely kind of has to drop out of that like top eight, top six range, which is where he was locked in earlier in the season. And then from six to seven, I kind of think these guys are all just so close together. Pat Fryermuth, Dawson Knox, and Dalton Schultz ended up going with them in that order. So Frymuth at six, Knox at seven, Schultz at eight. I actually had Schultz ahead of both of these players when it looked like Amari Cooper was not going to play. But now that Amari Cooper is in, you're going to have Lamb, Cooper, Michael Gallup. All those guys are involved. How big of a role is Dalton Schultz going to have? You know, one of his bad games this season was when all three of those wide receivers were healthy. I think it was before, you know, Cooper got COVID. So there's definitely a little bit of a concern there, but I still think he can put together you know, some nice floor numbers. At seven, Dawson Knox, man just continues to produce, gets into the end zone, 
and has actually seen some newfound volume, which is definitely great for his overall safety. And then at six here, Pat Fryermuth. I'm kind of just like bringing him in as a player I really, really like. He's definitely turned into one of my favorite overall tight ends, just because I feel like, you know, this isn't a situation where I was super high on him out of college. I thought he was going to be a great prospect, but I kind of caught on to his, you know, production early in the season, recommended people to pick him up. I have him in a few of my leagues, and I think he continues to be overlooked by the fantasy community. You know, it kind of seems like all the rookie tight end hype goes to Kyle Pitts, and then when Kyle Pitts struggles, everyone's focused on him struggling instead of Pat Frymuth playing very, very well. He is in concussion protocol right now, but he was a full participant on practice Wednesday, so I would expect him to be able to go come this weekend. In the last six weeks, he is averaging 13.3 PPR points per game. That is high-end tight end one production. And so this ranking of number six may seem high to some people, but he is totally producing at that level. He is a top-tier red zone threat, and it looks like Eric Ebron is going to be done for the season, which I think leaves Frymuth as a locked-in top 10 tight end rest of season in my eyes. And that actually may be kind of an understatement. He's probably more of a top eight player, so I really like him moving forward. Now to break into the top five, we have TJ Hawkinson here at number five, player that I really like in terms of talent. The situation is just going to hold him back. He may actually see an increased workload this week with DeAndre Swift out because now he is the clear number one target in this offense. So there's not much else to mention here for Hawkinson. At number four, I have Rob Gronkowski has done nothing but produce since he came back from his injuries with AB out. It looks like at least two more weeks he's going to continue to be a very integral part of this offense. We saw in week two, the first time the Bucs played the Falcons, Gronk got into the end zone twice. That was when he had like the four touchdowns in the first two games and like six in the last three games he had played going back to the Super Bowl. So he looks great. And I think he's definitely a high-end tight end one moving forward. At three, I have George Kittle. And I actually strongly considered moving Gronk ahead of him. I did end up leaving Kittle here at number three. And that is because Debo Samuel is out. Samuel is someone who definitely corrals a lot of touches in that offense. And so with him out, you're going to have Mitchell, Kittle, and Ayuk kind of controlling all those targets. So I do think Kittle's a locked-in high-end tight end one. At number two, I have Mark Andrews. The man just continues to produce. You know, you have him and Marquise Brown as Lamar's top two weapons. And then number one, this comes as no surprise, Travis Kelsey, locked-in tight end one. He's literally been there the entire season never wavered. And I expect him to stay there, you know, throughout the rest of the season, probably even going into 2022. But that is going to wrap it up for this video. If you enjoy the content, go check out my other week 13 rankings, running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks. Those are all up on my channel. But thank you guys so much for stopping by and I'll see you next time.